Welcome to Stack Hunters. I'm Bradley Stalder, your host here for the weekly best ball podcast. But we've got a special crossover edition tonight with Randall Memphis Young of the Dynasty War Zone. Joining me to talk about all things fantasy football and fragility. We're going to look at some players and some trends that we expect to be a little bit of controversial over the next few months and how we're going to suss some of these players out, maybe even positionally. We're going to take uh, some some deep dives but and macro views. It's going to be a great conversation. Memphis, welcome to Stack Hunters. Man, I, I really appreciate it. This is outside of getting to work with people like Theo and, and Matt Kelly and, and Billy Muzio, the opportunity to create content across the player profiler network, whether we're talking and because we're just talking football, we're, we're going to shape it toward this audience. But I just, I just love that there's so many people that I can come on their show. They can come on our show and we can just talk football. It's it's been a pleasure. And thank you for having me. All of that and more from Bradley and Memphis in just a moment. Memphis, we're here. Usually we talk best ball and we are going to talk some best ball, but I think this is a great time of the year to talk about how players will be trending over the next few months. You from the dynasty perspective, I play some dynasty myself. So I'm like 20, I'm in 20 something leagues on sleeper and a few others on MFL. But so I do, I do dabble a little bit in the dynasty, but the best ball uh, streets just got opened on the FFPC and underdog. And I think it's going to be important for us to take some views of the positions, the players and all of that. As you enter into the off season, what are some things that you keep in mind as you are uh, preparing for, or maybe closing out a league or even beginning your next, you know, the next season of a league? Like, are you targeting particular positions are you trying to sell off players in the pre-show meeting we mentioned how there are like running backs of a certain shelf life what are some things on your mind as you're preparing over the next couple months before the april draft so first of all again going i i'm by the way for the audience that's new to me I'm always going to promote from within i'm shameless that way we work with a ton of talented rookie content creators. Cody Carpentier's back and we got Maddie Kiwoom and I, I don't want to leave anybody out. So I'm just going to leave it with that. We have a lot of, so they're doing the rookie stuff. So yeah. I know that, that they're going to keep me up to date on what's going on with the rookie class. I know some of them are down in Mobile right now for the senior bowl. So they've got that on lock for me. I'm, I'm going to catch up, but what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for pockets of value. So whether that's dynasty or whether that's best ball, I'm looking at guys whose situation are going to take potentially a big change and that could be a good change now it's speculative but we talked in the pre-show meeting about antonio gibson he's a free agent what if you draft him where, where do you think antonio gibson would be going you just mentioned nfpc and underdog have started what round just a just a guesstimate oh antonio gibson later than 12 Okay, so like we're talking like he's like player one sixty five off the board. I can pull that, that, up that, the I, ADP. I, yeah, I, it's it's pretty late. It would be my guess. So what if, as a free agent, he signs as the running back in Jim Harbaugh's offense in the LA Chargers? Okay, I, even worse, Randall. I got it. All right, <laughs> he's going off as of yesterday night. Running back fifty seven, a hundred and ninety third overall. So that's like the 16th plus round. Yes. Virtually free. Virtually free. And if you nab that guy, now he, he may wind up turning into dust, which is very possible. But if you hit on a guy like that, and it's the same thing we talked about with Dynasty. If I go out and get him for a third, because everybody's got rookie fever for a late contenders third or anything like that. I win like in dynasty with what I do, I can flip him. I can package him in a trade. There's so many things I can do. And for, for you guys that are creating these stacks, we know every year a running back comes out of nowhere and it's not just the chargers. There's going to be someone land in Houston. Cause I don't think Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary are it long-term Joe Mixon's likely out of Cincinnati. There's going to be four or five or six really good spots 
for these guys. So those guys that Derrick Henry is also a free agent, but he's not going to go in the 16th round. Nope. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm, I'm looking at for some of these fringier guys, maybe rookies that disappointed that could have a bounce back season. And those are the pockets of value I'm trying to work on between now and free agency. Then after the NFL free agency in the middle of March, I really crank up the rookie. We're going to be doing rookie content. Got a mock draft this weekend live on Sunday. But that that's my, my big focus of the early offseason. Yeah, Kendra Miller, you mentioned running backs, rookie running backs that we can be targeting. I was talking with Dario Ofstein earlier today regarding our best ball rankings, which will be coming out at the end of this week. And Kendra Miller and Ryan Hull were both running back, rookie running backs that have been forgotten and thrown by the wayside. And I think that they're players that fit your mold pretty easily. Another guy that I really like in that mold, like Michael Wilson. Hot yes. name this time last year. Now, I know they're probably going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. in Arizona. They've got Trey McBride. He's the kind of receiver, if you look at like his game logs, he had a couple of two-touchdown games. And from a best ball perspective, where you just get the best score, if he wins you a week or two, he more than re returned his ADP value to your team. Definitely. And we've seen Michael Wilson hit before multiple double digit performances last year, even with Hollywood Brown in the lineup and Trey McBride in the lineup. And Kyler Murray was not there for some of the some of the season. So definitely I like the Michael Wilson call. There's going to be more great calls from Memphis and myself in the best ball and dynasty streets right after this. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add Titan Premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player, and you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer, so you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team, and then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the App Store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. That's right. It is going to be well worth it. And Memphis, we're going to jump into a little bit of philosophy and talking positions, macro positions. We're going to look at some trends based on ADP and data over a long term. Over the course of five months from last year, I'm going to pull up our data right here. And it is... ADPs overall from players drafted in 2023. So I got the ADPs from Underdog Fantasy. And we're looking here at just percent change. So what we notice is that more players lose a lot of value from January through May, which makes sense. But some of the biggest fallers, I think from last year, like a couple come to mind for me is Tom Brady. Like he was being drafted January, February, March, and then he retires. And so his ADP plummets. But outside of that, like we, we see just a little bit of dipping across the entirety of ADPs. Seven of the top 10 risers in ADP were wide receivers, which kind of makes sense because these wide receivers, we get clarity and their, their positions are stronger. But seven of the top 10 were of fallers were running backs as we're looking like overall, which it, we talk about shelf life for running backs that they get replaced in the draft more often than wide receivers get replaced immediately. And the average player loses about 10% of their ADP value and less than 31% of veterans improve their ADP. So like from a general perspective, it's hard to say, Hey, we want to be buying a lot of players. It's more cashing out and selling. Maybe some of these, we know who they are and we know their upside isn't going to 
access what we want anymore. Yeah, I, it, it's it's the the volatility of the position. So you have the running backs, which largely disappointed this year, and several wide receivers stepped up. I gotta assume Puka Nakua is is a big is a big swing in this, and like Jonathan Taylor. Even I'll even go because we we didn't know it when best ball stuff was going on, but you also have Austin Eckler, yeah, who had to have fallen like a rock. Uh, this is to be expected. We would need like our injury correspondent on here with us to talk about. But I, th- I think of the fragile the fragility of the position. I don't know why more people aren't first round wide receiver, regardless of format, unless it's yeah. super flex. So take take that aside. But in one QB formats, I don't understand why your first round pick wouldn't be a wide receiver. Yeah, even looking at the results, like many best ball best ball players will look at who won these tournaments, like overall, like an underdog or in the FFPC. Many of those begin with a wide receiver. The guy who won the season long started with Stefan Diggs in round one and then Josh Allen in round two. And it's not Diggs didn't even hit that well this year. We finished like wide receiver 16 or 17 in terms of best ball value rating. So it, it, you don't have to hit your first your first position, first round draft pick. But if we look at like quarterbacks, there was a, a lot of hotness last year for like round two, round three quarterbacks, the Jalen Hurts, the Josh Allens of the world. Patrick Mahomes was in that conversation as well. Things have dipped a little bit since last year. Now you're able to get Jalen Hurts like mid end of round three and Josh Allen like at the beginning of round three. How do you think that the attitude of drafters will impact the ADP of quarterbacks given how they were injured and poor, poorly performed this year? I, I think their ADP will come back closer to what we saw in 2022. I don't know that it will go, I don't, I don't know what all-time levels are, but I know there was a lot of a groundswell in the industry last year about pushing quarterbacks up. And whenever something disappoints, whether it's zero RB or hero RB or robust wide receiver, just any philosophy of drafting you've seen, when when that philosophy falls flat, even if it's just for a season, it's it's going to cause a reaction. And I think that's where savvy gamers, whether it be dynasty or best ball, if you, you, you don't need to focus on where the league's been, you need to focus on where the league's going. And one thing, another thing I'll be paying for and pay attention for in the offseason is what changes are the rules committee going to make? And and how are they going to put, because I will tell you, the NFL was not thrilled to see a 17 to 7 game with the Chiefs and the Ravens in what was the highest rated, most viewed AFC championship game of all time. Something like 54 million people. Yeah, try telling me Taylor Swift's bad for the NFL again. That's a side, (laughs) that's a side note for a different conversation. But yeah, it's it's uh, the NFL is going to want more scoring, but but what emphasis is that going to change? Is that going to help the tight end? Is it going to help the running back? Is it going to help the wide receiver? Is it going to help the quarterback? And then we take that that predictive thinking. We're thinking that hey, this is what the changes are going to be, and then you can get ahead of this year's draft trends. Right? Don't draft off last year's draft trends. You try to figure out what's going to happen and not what has happened. Yeah, and one of the things that we noticed from last year was not only that quarterbacks were being pushed up, but they were being pushed up because there was a lot of uncertainty about those round three flex types. And so once you got clarity, once we knew that Kenneth Walker was going to have competition from Zach Charbonnet right there, then his ADP dropped. And But you also got you just got more confidence in who those those running backs, they weren't going to be replaced. The wide receivers weren't going to have as much competition. The DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's of the world. We, we got information that the Seahawks were going to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. So that information does shift, and we can then come in and say, because we know that these flex players in the first three rounds are not going to really be impacted from now until – training camp in the preseason 
then we can just wait on quarterback and we don't have to feel like I'm, I need to make sure I get a safe pick here in round two or the beginning of round three. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think quarterbacks will become a value this year because of last year's trend? Do you think you're going to be able to nab a Josh Allen? Um, are you excited for Jalen Hurts with Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator? Uh, are you going to draft a Kirk Cousins or a Russell Wilson hoping they land in a, in a, in a, in a good spot? Like, I think everybody would, I, I know, I don't need to think, I know everybody would go bananas if they landed a decent, even a decent quarterback in, in Atlanta for those guys. So do you think quarterbacks going to become the value this year based off last year's fall? I think that the ADPs are going to be wider and it's not going to be as strict as it was last year. So I think you are going to see more variance, which means that the quarterbacks like the Hertz and the Allens are going to be more accessible throughout the off season. So yes, I think you're going to be able to draft them without last year. It was more difficult because you, it felt like you were very restricted drafting. If you wanted to stack, cause Memphis we're here on stack hunters we're trying to get the trying to get the stack stay on hashtag on brand here you're pretty stuck drafting AJ Brown at the back end of the first and Jalen Hurts at the early in the early second and you were probably were not going to get Devonta Smith in the third and so if you were trying to stack that way so you felt restricted when you were drafting and same thing with digs like you you were able to get you would have to move digs up to 105, 106, because you were probably not going to be feel justified taking Josh Allen at the end of the at the beginning of the second round. So you're stuck in this like you were you felt pigeonholed. I think right now it's January 31st. It's not even February yet. But in the 2024 drafts I've been in so far, I've been able to get whoever I want whenever, not whenever I want, but I've I haven't felt that pressure to be pigeonholed into I feel like I need to stack here or worried about where the players are going to be because I think there's also going to be as you mentioned a lot of value I think one of the players I'm targeting a lot is Anthony Richardson I think there's a lot of groundswell for love for him but I think other people other fantasy gamers have forgotten how good he was he was quarterback five and best ball value rating last year in the games that he played and in year two of Shane Steichen offense, and I I think this is Jalen Hurts 2.0, and if you can get access to a quarterback who can achieve quarterback one overall at quarterback five, quarterback six, quarterback seven, because I've seen Anthony Richardson go that late, I want to take lots of shots on that type of player. Let me ask you a question real quick about wide receivers then. So maybe you're trying to decide between a wide receiver one or you, you have on the first few picks yeah and you got like a cd lamb on the board you've got jamar chase on the board you've got amon ross st brown on the board now obviously you're going to take I, I i'm taking cd lamb there but but does it make a guy like amon ross this is a strictly a best ball question does yeah. it make a guy like amon ross st brown feel more appealing tyreek hill more appealing because you feel like you'll be able to get Tua or Jared Goff or that type of quarterback a little bit later. And does that allow, does, does that come into your, your, your thinking when you're, you're like basically like chess, this move sets up yeah. the next move, sets up the next move. Yeah. And that's also, so not only am I thinking about that player, like drafting Amon Ra, but also can I take Sam Laporta later too? Can I get a couple of these lions? Can I get a couple or can I get a Jameer Gibbs? Can I get, cause I'm probably not going to get Amon Ra and Gibbs on the same team now, but maybe I will like if, if I have this chance, but those are like the multiple players I want on these teams, especially the good offenses. So when it comes to like strictly first round wide receiver versus where they are in terms of quarterback, I also am looking at what have they done for me in the past. And we've seen Jared Goff be a top seven quarterback in terms of like rate of top five weeks. And we've seen Tua be led to spike weeks. I think that I prefer Jared Goff though. A hundred percent. There's gotta yeah. be someone out there in these underdog and FFPC tournaments yeah. that had a Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta stack. 
Right. And I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say those ladies and gentlemen did, did did very well for themselves. And then you have Brock Purdy, and there's a good chance you could have got Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. And I just I think about about that. and and maybe that's something that you and I just in this you know conversation that's something that the the stack hunters that listen to this show that's what you guys are called by the way that's your official name when you listen to the stack hunters you are in fact a stack hunter is that what we need to look for this year what is going to be the value stack what changed who got a new OC is it Chicago with Shane Waldron can I get DJ Moore Caleb Williams and Cole Komet? Do I think, and I'm not going to spoil where we talk about Justin Fields, but yeah, but but do I start look? There, there's your primary stack. Obviously, you want a CD, Dak, Ferguson. I, I get it, but do you start looking at like in in some different builds, looking for that quote unquote value stack to where you could try to catch that Laporta or Purdy or whatever? Yeah, I think the two things. I love pairing known upside swings with ambiguous uncertain stacks because then you're getting a guarantee and you've got like a foundation or a base and then you're taking a shot and rotating through so some teams that i i'm liking to take shots on this coming year are the new england patriots like we just don't know what they're going to look like they could go out and, and get a free agent quarterback and draft Marvin Harrison. And then that offense looks completely different. Same thing with Washington. Same thing with whichever offense outside of Pittsburgh. I think we know what we're going to get from the Steelers. But I, I don't want to veer you off, but some of the other podcasts I listen to, I think the Steelers are going, are going to make some significant impacts. And I know we hate Arthur Smith. He he did our guys Pitts and Drake London dirty. I, I do understand. But go back and look at Ryan Tannehill's numbers yeah. under Arthur Smith and go look at Super Patrick efficient. Mahomes. Go go look at Patrick Mahomes in that same window. Just because you can't be a head coach and you're not a good overall team leader doesn't mean this guy doesn't know how to call plays. True. And, and 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 that could be a. I don't think I don't know that I want Kenny Pickett. I, I don't want Kenny Pickett, especially in a best ball tournament. But does that implied impression create value? And that's all we're looking for. We're trying to steal some value on the back end of these drafts. And that's how the winner of the best ball mania for regular season he drafted both Nico Collins and Tank Dell, two players like. Uh, there were some people who were very in on CJ Stroud as a prospect phenomenal, but there was like this general worry that the Texans would just not be a good team. That's why Nico Collins, CJ Stroud and tank Dell were all being drafted really late. In fact, in that draft, the winner of the best ball mania for regular season, CJ Stroud went undrafted in that, in that draft, 18 rounds, CJ Stroud wasn't taken. Like that's wild. That's how like, but that and no, so no one had access to CJ Stroud. They only drafted both Tank Dell and Nico Collins. So that's what I mean is leaning into known commodities and then taking some swings on these unknown, ambiguous situations that people will say they're bad because they're the Texans and they have a rookie quarterback and a new head coach, right? And we just didn't know. And it could have been but it hit the right side of variance. CJ Stroud was a baller and elevated his guys. Like Nico Collins was not a great player coming into 2023 and tank Dell. He, he was a day two pick, but there were con concise concerns. There were other concerns that he was not a perfect prospect, but CJ Stroud was able to elevate these guys along with Dalton Schultz and so I think that leaning into these ambiguous stacks is going to be something that you just want to rotate through, especially for volume drafters. Um, you don't want to just completely say 0% to situations where you could be wrong about. Yeah, and, and you got to look at, and, and just you're, you're listening on Player Profiler, just stay tuned. We're going to do, once all the head coach candidates and OCs and everything's filled, we always do a show about what impact does that bring. It's like Baker was a revelation this year. Baker, Mike Evans, that was tremendous. But I, I feel like people will try to go back to that again. 
and not take into account that Canellis, the offensive coordinator, is now plying his trade as the head coach in Carolina. And, and instead of trying to recapture magic with Baker and Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, what's it looking like for Bryce Young, Jonathan yes. Mingo, and one other player? And, and you have this random, very dirt cheap stack on the back end of your of your rosters. I mean, it depends on like to, to your point. Basically, you don't want a zero percentage, but there are some guys you have to fade. And like Baker's on my fade list. Yes, and there's nothing nothing against Baker. It's just that Baker's been very offensive coordinator dependent throughout his career. Whether that was in college, whether it's been in the pros. And I don't know who they're going to bring in in Tampa to replace Canellas. So these are just the kind of things that go through my head. Yeah, and you mentioned Canellas being in, now the head coach at Carolina. I love taking Bryce Young late now. I think that he's very interesting. I'm still not convinced about Mingo Memphis. That's for a different conversation. Sure, but, sure. Uh, you know, Canellas was also the one who turned around Geno Smith's career too. So that, like, he's hit two years in a row and uh, third time, Oh, so, sorry, you, you you mentioned Mingo, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you also okay. meant that Anthony Richardson. Yeah. That's a stack I can get behind because yes. the, the natural logical order is I want to get Anthony Richardson and Michael Pittman. Yes. Completely understand why you would think that. But what if we could, maybe you miss out on Michael Pittman, but if you get Josh Downs, I don't want Alec Pierce, but like Josh Downs, when, when he came on for a time, with it was starting to happen with Richardson and it happened for a while with with Minshew and then it cooled off but those are the kind of stacks that if you're just getting to that second and third level and not just going oh I take Dak I take CD that's that's the way this works if you dig a little bit deeper there's a lot of cool value out here right now yeah Downs was a target earner he was an early declare on North Carolina loved his profile I was hoping he had gotten he had gotten like second round draft capital, but I'm not going to complain about third round and pairing him with the second year, Anthony Richardson. There was the, uh, do you remember the parking lot narrative Memphis? The day they, the day after they were drafted, they were throwing balls to each other in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that I'm a Colts fan. I live just, <laughs> I, I live 10 miles North of Indianapolis. I, I wasn't thrilled about the Josh Downs pick at the time. I will tell you, I have changed my tune. You completely want to be on board Michael Pittman. He's going to be a target hog. They're going to resign him. But we saw under Shane Steichen, we saw, we saw Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown both flourish with Jalen Hurts. There's yes. no reason why, if you're chasing stacks, man, there, there's no reason why you don't want to get if, – if you miss out on Pittman, it's not a bad consolation prize to lock up a downs because – if that hits to that Philadelphia 2022, excuse me, 2020, yeah, 2022 level, then you're really doing something in these best ball tournaments. We'll flip to wide receivers and tight ends real quick. And then the back half of the show is going to be talking about specific players that we're, we're sussing out the concern about. But with wide receivers last year, it was pretty stagnant. There wasn't a ton of shift. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave last year were the biggest risers. Garrett Wilson, obviously, because of the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets. But Memphis, this is wild that Garrett Wilson was getting drafted at like the 14th overall pick last year. So very early second round. And now he is being drafted 12th overall. His ADP has increased about two spots since... Last year, and Aaron Rodgers is a year older coming off an Achilles injury. I I can't get behind Garrett Wilson being that high. Last year, I was drafting a lot of him, but we know how that worked out. I can't do it. He had a – so he finished in, – in, now, this is all 17 games. He finished as the wide receiver 26 in full-point PPR. He had 168 targets. He had 95 catches. And I get that a target isn't always a target. I dig it. There's a, there's, that's why PFF, player profiler, that's why we do things like quality of targets, right? Yes. But, but how much better? It's like, it's like for him to, to, to give you a positive ROI at ADP 12, you're much better off taking someone else there and, and, and taking a, a – a different player later. 
you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking for, I, I say it's like, and, and I get last year, I get why you would become excited. But now we're going into same thing with Chris Alave, to be quite honest. I love Chris Alave. I don't love Derek Carr. No. And that's not no. likely to change. So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's baffling to me. You, you just, I don't know. It's like the hot stove. Yeah, it's hot. I'm going to put my hand on it. Are you going to go put yeah. it on there again? I'd rather yeah. risk it somewhere else. I don't know what this all – it's going to be weird. Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, stay away at, at 12 overall. And I'm a Garrett Wilson guy. Yeah. I Look, all of the efficiency metrics were there that indicated that both Olave and Garrett Wilson are great players. Problem is their situations are so debilitating and were so debilitating that it impacted them significantly enough that like there are some players that oh they're in a bad situation but they can overcome it this is not the case for olave or garrett wilson it is that bad and it can be that bad and even if we looked at on player profiler shout out to the player profiler data team especially dario garrett wilson was wide receiver six in expected fantasy points last year wide receiver six so he would have paid off had he been able to get all of the things perfectly expected he would have probably been close to paying off but that means that for this year he needs everything to again pay off like three years ago when aaron Rodgers was the mvp Devonte adams was wide receiver three or five in terms of expected fantasy points like that's MVP level Rodgers. Now we're three years removed from that, and Rodgers is coming off the injury. You're needing MVP level from Aaron Rodgers this year for it to pay off. I I can't do it. There's too many variables that have to fall. We'll call them dominoes. There's too many dominoes that have to fall in your favor to make this work. Rodgers has got to return to form. Garrett Wilson's got to continue to evolve. Everybody has to stay healthy. What if they draft a wide receiver? I've seen mock drafts where they're taking a, a Roma Dunze, a Malik Neighbors. If if that even Brock Bowers, if that happens, if they bring in more target competition, even though they're better targets, do you still get 168 targets? I would much rather. I don't know who else is at that ADP in that range, but I would rather go with someone else potentially in that range and then try to get Rashi Rice or someone like that a round or two later as opposed to paying a premium for a guy like Garrett Wilson. So Garrett Wilson is going ahead of, this is ADPs as of last night on Underdog Fantasy. Garrett Wilson is going ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of D.J. Moore. I think that's a good tier for him to be ahead of, but still, give me Brandon Ayuk even over Garrett Wilson. Give me Jonathan Taylor. Give me... Uh, you mean Michael Pittman? I mean, Pittman, he was... Yeah. He, he was averaging three more PPR points per game. Garrett Wilson's got to take a big step forward in, in the quality of what he does to catch Michael Pittman and just, and, and, and they both got a bunch of targets. Yeah. So I, th th there's, this is way too expensive, crazy expensive. All right. The last position we'll chat about is uh tight end. Tight ends didn't lose a lot of value last year, but Kelsey did drop a little bit last off season Ertz obviously dropped a little bit. You don't see tight ends really move because rookie tight ends are usually drafted to voids. Like they're, they're usually not drafted to, there's also this super tight end in that same spot. We did see that with Goddard and Ertz a few years ago, but usually that's not the case. And so when we're drafting like a Brock Bowers or, or someone like that, like we're expecting they're going to come in and replace a zero. Maybe we see Gerald Everett drop. That's a possibility. But I think Travis Kelsey is one that might actually rise a little bit this offseason, especially if he has a good Super Bowl performance. See, and, and I'm, I'm pro Travis Kelsey. I, I would be very careful with him. He is going to go from, I'm just going to use the analogy of cars. He is going to go from being your daily driver, your dependable, your family SUV, you get the kids to school, you go get groceries. He is going to go from that type of a vehicle to more of like grandpa's Corvette. You bring him out when it's sunny, the, the roads are nice, there's not rain, you're going to go for a cruise. And, and I think that's part of the reason why he's looked so good in the playoffs. 
Now, I think he he would love to be more involved. We all would, but he's he, he's literally like a year younger than Rob Gronkowski. He's retired twice, so I could see Kelsey sticking around. I just I would caution the audience of being very careful about trying to get 2021, 2022 Kelsey. I think they like take it easy on him. They 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 see the end is closer. You just saw his brother retire. He's got more money than he'll ever need. And I, I would be careful with him. And then you mentioned Bowers and the rookies. For, first of all, don't get off your feet because Sam Laporta had a great rookie season, and now that's the expectation or higher for Brock Bowers. That's how you get disappointed. The the, the career arc of Michael Mayer, who I love, Trey Give McBride. Me all of the Michael Mayer. Uh, dude, dude if, if you're looking for next year's Trey McBride. Mm. That's Michael Mayer, especially if he gets a quarterback. Yes. We're going to talk about here in just a second. But yes, with, with tight end, I know. I know Matt, the Podfather, he hates the, the 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 coaching narrative, the coaching analysis. But some quarterbacks, some coaches, they just throw more to the tight end. Like Justin Fields, he just loved Cole Komet and DJ Moore. Yep. Some people do, and then then you know, Trevor Lawrence. But some guys don't. Be careful with these tight ends because. There is not a more volatile group from year-to-year performance in fantasy football than the tight end. This year's hero is next year's zero. You're getting a discount relative to last year on Travis Kelsey. He was going pretty easily in the first round. Right now, Kelsey, as of last night, is going 46th overall, which actually, Memphis, I put out way too early 2024 rankings, and I had Kelsey at 53, 52, 53. I got roasted. One of the guys was like, he's definitely in the twenties. And I'm like, no, like this is where he's going to have to go for, for us. And he's not going to fall any lower than that because of name value and the stack with Mahomes and all that. Like he's got insulation from falling any further past production, blah, blah, blah. But we cannot depend on Travis Kelsey being the, the tier breaker that he was in previous years where it was a multi-tier difference between him and the next tight end. He wasn't even the tight end one this year in terms of best ball value rating. It was Sam Laporta. So yeah. And Laporta is going as the tight end one right now too. So in the way too early ADPs. So we'll, we'll wrap it up. Any last words before we get into a few of the players that, that we want to suss out a little bit more. Nope, I am excited to talk about this. This first guy on the list is just one of my... If you listen to my show, you you will not be able to control yourself in this segment. Yeah, so we're going to talk about players that we have concerns about their fantasy futures. The first is Justin Fields, Chicago Bears quarterback out of Ohio State. Coming out of Ohio State, he had one of the best passer grades downfield of any quarterback in the class and then he got drafted the bears with matt Nagy, and did not look prepared at all for the nfl he has gotten better every year but has it been good enough i think the answer is no to stick around in chicago if i'm a betting man which we we do do this on this show <laughs> by by drafting players it's essentially a bet on their future if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that Chicago drafts Caleb Williams and trades Justin Fields. So there is a concern that you know, Fields is not going to be on Chicago. He's not going to have DJ Moore. He's not going to have the Cole Komet that you mentioned. He has this good chemistry with out of Notre Dame. Those Notre Dame tight ends, they, they're so good. So good. But he's the reports are that he's going to net like a second or third round pick. And in the pre-show meeting, we listed a couple places, but one of them really stood out to you. Which one was that? Oh, for me, I have never, uh, I'm, I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti Justin Fields. I was anti the hype and, and, and I, I didn't understand it. Where I want him to go, if I had to rank him one, because this is the perfect place to resurrect your career, it's, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. First of all, for him, it's a great win. No state income tax. He lives in Chicago. There's fairly high income. So you're paying no state income tax. You get Devontae Adams, now the football. You get Devontae Adams. You you get your former college teammate, Zamir White, because they were, I don't know that they were necessarily, they were both Georgia guys because Fields was at Georgia for a hot minute. 
you get Michael Mayer. And, and if you're the Bears, you don't have to face him every every year, every other year. You face him once every four years unless you play him in the Super Bowl. The other spot that I could see would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Now think about Pat Fryermuth. Mm. And oh my gosh, the 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 guy with the ski Pickens, George Pickens, oh, give me Deontay Pickens. De, 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 Deontay Johnson, I, and and as the Podfather has dubbed the Alfred Morris corollary with a running quarterback, I just don't think that he can land in a worse spot than Chicago. I think Chicago is the new mistake by the lake. I think it's Ooh. a po- so, and sorry, Anand, I know that's your squad. I think it's a poverty franchise. And I don't think there's a spot he could land that could be much worse than the Bears. And I'm not saying that because I know you're a Packers fan. <laughs> That's very kind of you, Memphis. I, I'm glad you noticed. Some people don't notice all of the Green Bay. The Bakhtiari was the sell. <laughs> yeah, so Bakhtiari, his number is 69, right, Memphis? And uh, Nice. He was once, yeah, he was once asked why it was 69. And he was like, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball somewhere between 68 and 70 yards. So shout out to Bakhtiari. I I don't see anything wrong with that correlation. So Justin Fields, we expect him to be super fragile, though. And we've seen the equivalent of second round picks, third round picks. Maybe uh, I don't think he'll fall for a fourth round, but you never know how wonky these things will go. We've seen quarterbacks traded for less than a first round pick or other players trade for less than first round picks, not really pan out and have short shelf lives of the original team moving on from them. One name that comes to mind, Chase Claypool recently traded to the bears for a second round pick. Once again, franchise uh, poverty franchise, right? Huge mistake there, but also Trey Lance was recently traded for and given up by the San Francisco 49ers. So I think that there is, there's a scary floor for Justin Fields that if he's traded to somewhere like the bears lose leverage by saying, we're just going to draft Caleb Williams, but, and I don't know how strong of a market there is for Justin Fields. I think there has to be, there are plenty of teams that need a quarterback. Uh, And I think, I think plenty, I think there are plenty of teams that would at least entertain the question. The Raiders now, now imagine if he lands in Denver. With Sean Payton, Jarrett Stidham's not the guy going forward. Could you imagine what an offensive guy like Sean Payton could whip up? I'm I'm telling you, and, I, and I'm stealing this, and I'm denoting it right here on Stack Hunters, and I'm stealing this, but this is a Colin Cowherd thing. He was like, very few players have the ability to overcome a dysfunctional franchise. Yes, He's like, You've pretty much had Andrew Luck, who was able to take a dysfunctional Colts team until they got him killed. And he had to retire early, but very few guys have the ability to like you, we see Trevor Lawrence, who we all think is uber talented, struggling. Jacksonville's been a dysfunctional franchise. Yep. It's not Justin Fields' fault that he's he's talented. He's just not quite talented enough to overcome the Bears. So if he lands, and I'm not sure the Raiders are much better, but if he lands at Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? You you, you land in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, you land in Denver with Sean Payton, he could fall into an offense that God forbid you have a, an offensive coordinator actually know how to maximize what you can do as opposed to saying, this is my offense. This is what we do. Yeah. I, I, I think it, it, it'll be shocking. So I'm, this will, this will confuse people. I am pro Justin Fields getting out of Chicago, not because I don't like Justin Fields because I don't like Chicago. Yeah. My, my last thought is that Obviously, the price tag is would be significantly less. But my worry, too, is that teams will peg him in a similar way that they pegged Lamar Jackson. And the reason why there was a lot of rebuffing toward what five different teams publicly came out and said, we don't want not just the price is too high, but we just don't want Lamar Jackson, who's now in contention for the MVP for this year. Like, my concern is that they are very similarly profiled in the NFL and that teams were just simply not interested in that type of player. I'll leave you on this. There's enough hubris in the NFL coaching community that someone's going to say, I can fix him. Mm. I can make him Lamar Jackson. Someone's going to say it uh, because they did it with Sam Darnold. And if they'll do it for Sam Darnold, damn it, they'll do it for Justin Fields. Uh, we talked in the pre-show media. I think he'll probably get like a second and maybe a fifth, very similar to that Darnold deal. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping he lands with a franchise that is capable of helping him 
get to that next level. Is he capable? Yes. Will he? Don't know. Another player that we expect to just be obliterated in the NFL draft in terms of fantasy stock is Sam Howell. He's all but dead, you know, already benched. Washington's expected to take a quarterback. Brissett was already getting play. But we saw Sam Howell be useful for fantasy for a lot of the season. And in your super flex drafts, especially in best ball, if something happens to, if it's Drake May, Jane Daniels, if it's they trade up for Caleb Williams, I don't think Washington moves on from Sam Howell. They just put him as the QB two and your super flex drafts. You draft him as like your quarterback three or quarterback four. Cause if something happens, he can be, he can access quarterback 12 on a week. But I think that his, immediate he's only contingency value moving forward i I, i'm bummed i will say this sam howell won me a a a fair a fair good chunk of money i I had a league where uh, i went into the year with josh allen and deshaun watson with sam howell as my qb3 in a super flex you know who you know who carried me We, we we finished second in this league but, but I got second place money out of it. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of respect. Here, here's the thing. I, I'm actually impressed because we were told about all the good things that Eric Bieniemy was going to do for this offense. If, if you're going by points, they were the 25th best offense. If you go by yards, they, they were probably toward the top of, of passing yards, I, I can tell you, or total yards. But they're also at the top of the league of, of getting him killed in sacks, which yes. he ended up. And I think that's what hurt his play. But from a, from a dynasty and for a best ball standpoint, I'm bummed. I, I was hoping he could have taken it, but you cannot 100% blame Washington, especially with a new GM who I really like Peters. I, th- I think he's a sharp dude, spent time in new England with Bill Belichick, spent time in San Francisco with Shanahan and John Lynch, but, but but a new owner, new GM, you're going to want an, a, a new quarterback. It just all goes to get new coach. You're, you're just it's, it's basically it's a clean slate across the board. I think Hal's fine. I, I, I think if you draft, say it's Jaden Daniels, who's who's a mobile quarterback, it might behoove you to back him up and, and pick up a Sam Howell because if he has to step into that role, he can function. Yes. And he may even start for a while, You, because we saw this with Gardner Minshew this year. Gardner Minshew was also very usable at times. Yes, he he's was. He's the new Gardner Minshew. He's, he's the less cool Gardner Minshew. I love it. Love the analogy. We've Let's clump the next couple players together, because they're all on the same team. And it's Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara, and Taysom Hill. They're all, in varying levels, cap casualty possibilities because number one the saints are in cap hell for those who are unaware and they've been that way for some time michael thomas is essentially all but gone too i'm not putting him on this list because i don't know who would want michael thomas on their fantasy team but Derek carr alvin Kamara, Taysom hill Taysom, i think he ends up in denver with sean payton i think that's your quarterback possibility running the wildcat for the broncos that would be crazy, but also delicious for fantasy. What do you think, Memphis? If, if your league allows them to have tight end designation, yes. I, I think, uh, speaking of new ownership groups, new head coaches, wanting to pick their quarterback, that's going to be Sean Payton. And the, it's one of the Walton families that's tied to the Walmart money that that bought the, 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 the Broncos. I don't know that they will settle for Taysom Hill on their like $5.6 billion. He can't be the hood ornament on their, on their shiny brand new thing, but I could easily see him being brought in to be, a, be like a, a Swiss army knife. Cause that's what he is. What's funny about Taysom Hill is that Tim Tebow could have done that role so much more. He could have been so much better at that role. I just, he just had too much pride and couldn't, realize that there was a good future in the NFL if you could have just been Taysom Hill. And, and then my man, Alvin Kamara, I absolutely love. So Jerry and I, we, earlier in the dynasty season, we did our Mount Rushmore of dynasty, like current guys, and yes. then all-timers. Mm. And I had Alvin Kamara 
on my current Mount Rushmore over Christian McCaffrey because he has been so durable. Now, McCaffrey has the spike years like this past year, and I think it was 2021. But then he had the years where he had huge injuries. And, and, and when Kamara played this year, he was excellent, and he's always been excellent, and, and he's been so consistent. Jerry had CMC. I had Alvin Kamara. Like, I would love to see him go someplace where they, they, they would use him in the same fashion. And then don't bum me out with Derek Carr. They may be over $86 million over the cap in New Orleans. I wanted to believe, because I think Derek Carr, the guy, is a decent guy. Yeah. I think he's a good teammate. People like him. A guy like Devontae Adams, he's a character guy, a good man, and, and he wanted to be reunited. That, that tells me something about Derek Carr, but he doesn't have it. He doesn't. And not. of these three, I, I feel the most comfortable that Carr's going to stay. I think Kamara yeah. has to go. And you mentioned Kendra Miller. Great call, by the way. Let everybody else chase Tajay Spears. Yes. You go get Kendra Miller. Oh, d- I just d- don't forget. I'll, I'll throw in Miller, a Zamir White too. 44. I'll throw in a Zamir White too. Go, go, go get him. But yeah, it's going to be ugly in New Orleans, man. It's going to be so bad. And that's why Kendra Miller, I got him at running back 44 just today in an FFPC best ball draft. Kamara's going to be gone. This, his cap hit is just too high. And with Kendra Miller, who had more than two yards per route run. He was the only rookie running back with more than two yards per route run, which is crazy. But outside of Chase Brown, Chase Brown actually had had the highest, but he didn't meet the qualifiers. Chase Brown, we'll talk. Sure, let's let's go to Joe Mixon then, because I'm big, big Chase Brown guy. 4.4 yards per route run at Memphis and he can catch the ball. He looks dynamic. Joe Mixon was a cut candidate last year, and the Bengals didn't do it. I, I I don't know what's holding them back this year. I think they have something in Chase Brown. Brown is a buy. I think Mixon is someone we'll see plummet in ADP. I that was we we did our cold takes episode, but this was one of the takes that I got absolutely right. I, I think last year was a great opportunity to ride Mixon for one last season. Mm. And then in Dynasty, I was like, hey, if you're not contending as you get toward these playoffs, now's a great time to get rid of Joe Mixon if someone's got some running back injuries. I, I like your boy Chase Brown. I know the Podfather didn't. I think I think he's fine. My fear is that this is such it, it's not a great rookie running back class. Yep. But it, it is such a good free agent yep. running back class that I could see them with a team in their contending window. I could see them going out and adding a an Austin Eckler, a DeAndre Swift, and and, and that would hurt Brown. But we know how we know how fragile the running back position is. So you cannot. Now, obviously, his ADP could spike, but if his ADP stays relatively cheap, man, go get Chase Brown, baby. Brown right now running back 34 off the board. He's behind Devin Singletary, behind Chuba Hubbard, behind obviously behind Jalen Warren. But Joe Mixon is going at running back 21 right now. Those people are the ones paying the winners. I don't want to be I don't want to be hurtful. But, uh, but, but those are the, those are the ones it's, it's, it's just, that's what I, I, I would tell the, the listeners is, is put together your draft strategy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the first thing you're going to tell yourself before you, you put down your hard earned dollars and you, and you enter that draft lobby, you're like, I'm not going to draft guys based off names. It, 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 you have to play, especially a seasonal game like best ball. Because in Dynasty, guys will even guys who haven't done good in recent years, they'll give you another sell window. They'll yeah. always open something up and give you one last chance to sell. In, in best ball, you cannot act like that. No, nope. you 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 can't look at it through the rearview mirror. You have to look at it through the windshield. Don't doesn't matter where you've been. It matters where we think we're going. And and if you don't see a positive future on some of these speculative guys, don't draft them. Nope. Draft guys with upside. You just, we'll leave it at this. Before you hit the draft player button, you need to say to yourself, self, does this player have upside? Legitimate league winning upside. And if the answer is no, you might want to move on to someone else. Move on to someone else. We will move on to, I, I we got maybe one or two more players that we'll hit on before we call it for the night. Memphis is 
been just an absolute stud here as a guest on Stack Hunters. Make sure you guys are following him at DWZ Memphis on Twitter, right? That is it. DWZ, short for Dynasty Warzone. That's my podcast, Memphis. That's the, that's the name they gave me. Actually, it's the name my best friend gave me off of the uh, the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. That was mm. uh, Nick Cage. Everybody loves a good Nick Cage reference. He was Randall Memphis Reigns. And uh, my best friend and son's godfather said Randall R- Randall Memphis Young. And it's stuck for the last 20 years. So that's uh, that's how I wound up there. But yeah, at DWZ Memphis. Also wanted to say congratulations to you and the Dynasty Warzone for 800 episodes. That's phenomenal. So shout out to you guys. I appreciate that. And shout out to Theo for, for realizing it. I don't want to go full Belichick on Stack Hunters, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're on to the next episode. We, we, were, we, are not, we are not looking at where we've been. We're looking at where we're going. And uh, but no, a thousand or bust (laughs) something cool that, that we're very proud of. I don't, I think it was six years ago. Yeah. We've had at least one episode every Wednesday. And then this season, because we want to be good partners with player profiler, we moved to Thursday, but we have never missed a week in six years, whether it's me, I'm on vacation, Jerry's on vacation, family commitments. We've always worked together. We have a great network of guys on our own channel Dynasty Warzone that do it does other podcasts, other YouTube content. We've always been blessed to have someone step in and help us. And this technology's gotten better too. But no, thank you, thank you very much for bringing up number eight hundred. We're, we're, we're easily going to get a thousand. We got to get a thousand easy. at this point. Easy peasy. It's in the bag. Randall Memphis Young joining Stack Hunters. Let's let's talk some Chargers because they got a new head coach, Jim Harbaugh. And I think this is good for the organization, but I'm not sure how good it is for individual players. We've like for fantasy, we've seen Jim Harbaugh throughout his NFL and college careers as a coach, just not just establish the run, but live and breathe the run. That's what Michigan was known for running the ball down other teams throats and just the occasional precision pass to make it happen down the field. There was even a joke that like, if you were a wide receiver at Michigan, you were garbage. We look at the Donovan Peoples Jones and, and before CJ Stroud came along, Nico Collins was falling in that bucket. But now that Jim Harbaugh is in LA, I think we should be concerned about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, not only for their role, but also for their salary cap. Keenan crushed as an upside wide receiver this year. He was top five in terms of rate of top five weeks among wide receivers, but he's a cap casualty this year along with Mike Williams, but his inefficiency metrics have like his efficiency metrics have dropped precipitously over the last few years. he's still a good route runner, but the fall off can be very bad. And if the offense goes from, pass heavy volume to rush volume Keenan who just lives and breathes off of targets I think is going to be in a lot of trouble even if he stays on LA I think Keenan's fine because I I was sold the opposite bill of goods this year that Kellen Moore was just going to be stupendous for (laughs) all of these guys and as Lee Corso would say not so fast my friend uh, I, 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 the, the, the research I'm going to do is I want to go back. Who was the last truly great? Cause I think Justin Herbert is a great quarterback and I think he has the potential to be a next level quarterback, but who was the yeah. last great quarterback that Jim Harbaugh really had? He had Kaepernick. He's got JJ McCarthy. I want to go back and look and see what he did with a young scrappy sports player named Andrew Luck. What did Ooh. that look like when they were together at Stanford? Was he all run and gun? Because I kind of look at Harbaugh as like when you watch the show Chopped. They just give you ingredients and they're like, make something the best that you can. Now, now some chefs, they're like, I can't make a chocolate cake without all the right ingredients. But, but a guy like Jim Harbaugh can go in there and whip you up something pretty good based on the ingredients he has. And I think he'll keep Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams is gone. I think yeah. he might have got cut as we're recording this podcast. I don't really know. <laughs> Eckler's gone. He's um, either cut or he's broken his back again. Yeah, you know? he, he could have fallen down some stairs. That's a very, very fair point. But I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh looks at Keenan Allen and he was like, 
And, and, and the Chargers have their own cap issues. They're not New Orleans bad, but they're not good. But they're pretty uh, bad, yeah. They're, they're pretty bad. And, I, and I, I see Mike Williams being a casualty. But the one guy that if, if – I'm just saying if it was me, that, yeah, he's older, but he's never won with speed. And, and, and he's a guy that's my quarterback security blanket. I, I've got the gamble on the outside, the big guy. I've got Quentin Johnston. We'll see if we can put some stick him on his hands, and he'll catch the ball for us this year. It'd be great. Not too much pressure. But I, I will tell you, we're going to know a lot in six weeks because free agency is right around the corner. But, yeah, I, I think Keenan will be okay because I just don't think you get rid of your best player, especially in a division where you've got Sean Payton trying to build his team. You've got Patrick Mahomes. you you got to have your own weapons. Mike Williams isn't one, but I think Keenan Allen will be. Yeah, Quinton Johnson, unfortunately, I don't think there's any hope there, Memphis. Have uh, you seen the classic Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> yes. where, where Jim Carrey goes, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's how I feel about that's how I that's how I relating to Quentin Johnston, people who have him in, in, in Dynasty. Jim Harbaugh come walking in the door because remember Quentin Johnston beat the brakes off his Michigan team two years ago. Yes. In the in, in the playoffs. And he's I remember you. <laughs> and this is what I can do with him in my offense. If you like Quentin Johnston, things could be worse. Memphis, did you see this? I'm gonna pull this up. ESPN fantasy just posted a quote from Quentin Johnston saying, I feel like I'm due for a breakout three hours ago. <laughs> First of all, I, I, I like that. For those watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm wearing a baseball hat. It's my son's high school team. I coach his travel team. And, and, and I tell the guys, that one of the first of all, as your coach, you need to know that I believe in you. But more importantly, you have to believe in yourself. Yes. And you have to go out there every day. I love the fact that this guy believes in himself. Doesn't mean that he's going to do it. He could believe he's a little teapot, short and stout. That also may not be true. But I, I like the fact that, that he feels like He's not sulking. Hopefully he puts the work in in the offseason, and uh, he can take a step forward. I don't root against these guys, but you better work on them hands. Yeah, Quinton Johnson ranked among 64 wide receivers with 65 or more targets. He was 60th of 64 in PFF receiving grade year one, 63rd of 64 in receiving yards, 62nd in yards per route run out of 64, and 55th in QB passer rating when targeted. <laughs> hey, listen, just because I love chaos on social media, especially on X, Twitter. I, I, I love chaos. It's going to be such a good story this time next year when Quentin Johnston bounces back and Jackson Smith and Jigba does it. Twitter <laughs> is just going to melt. It's just going to turn into a pool of wax. <laughs> Quentin Johnson. Quentin uh, Johnston, uh, league winner. Yeah, Quentin Johnston this year. I have a best ball value rating in Memphis and Quentin for, for reference, like Jordan Addison was like 7.6 out of 150. Zay flowers was 6.1. Quentin Johnson was 0.19. Is that good? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not good. No, it's not good. Not, need, not good. You need about 30. Quentin Johnston's on your team to get one Zay Flowers. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a whiff. That's that's why I said when you know the 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 pick comes. I think they're five, five or six. I, I've heard people say they should go alt or the tackle from Penn State. Like I said in the pre-show, I'm not saying his name because I can't. But you know, I can see where they go tackle. But but what's wrong with with going full full Philadelphia Eagles and just going back to back? Wide receiver. There's nothing. Yep. There's nothing wrong with it. Go, go get Malik Neighbors. You have the big outside guy. Go get the guy that with one year yep. with 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 Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen's a pro. He knows his time's coming to an end. He can pass along some of those trade secrets to a Malik Neighbors or if you like Roma Dunze better. I think he's too similar to size wise anyway to, to to Johnston. But anyway, yeah, that's. I, I think my, my my man Keenan's fine, and I'm uh, I, I'm going to steer into the J Jim Harbaugh experiment. Mm, I like it. Remember, guys, don't take any zero exposure. Just find the right times to sprinkle in players that maybe you're low on, maybe you're uncertain about, but don't be zero percenters. All right. 
that's been an awesome episode of Sack Hunters. Hopefully this is great help for you. If you like the content and found it helpful, smash the subscribe button here at Player Profiler. Memphis, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for uh, getting on here. I was like, I need to have Memphis on. And then I circle back three months later. I'm like, Memphis, I need you on. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> now's the perfect time. Uh, yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And it was great getting a chance to, to like I said, like I said on Twitter to chop it up with you because I think you're a great host. I try to listen to all my player profiler brethren, but we're looking for the same thing right now. Yeah. Whether you play best ball, which is your show's content or dynasty, which is mine. We're looking for value because if you take two or three or four of these value propositions, you've only got to hit on one or two to be very profitable at the end of next season. So that's that was why I wanted to wait and come on now because yeah. I just think there's, as much as this word's kind of a, a no-no, there, there's a synergy between our shows right now that we may not have in three months. Hashtag crossover edition. Hashtag nice crossover, yeah. I love it. On behalf of Memphis, I'm Bradley. And until next time, good luck in the best ball streets, everybody. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you the people that get the site and get the show.